welcome to the sweet spot sponsored by Pinchapenny penny pool patio spa i'm your host Corey bradley joined by my guy nfl sweet spot correspondent chris liuzzi glad to have you back on the show as always man we've got a big one this week as we know we know it's next door man Oh, is there a game this weekend? Yeah, you know it's a game. <laughs> you no, know dude, it's I'm, a game. I'm so excited to Super Bowl, man. It's it's like one of those bittersweet things in a way, right? Because it's like the last game, but it's it's a Super Bowl, man. It's hard not to be pumped and ah, hoping it's going to be a good one. But yeah, man, I'm, I'm pumped to be here and yeah, grateful as always to, to be on the show and talk with you. Yeah, man. So, you know, anytime there's Super Bowl talk and it's the week, you know, you can't help but look at some of the previous games that led up to it. You know, the Super Bowl and its history. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in a lot of media outlets, you see a lot of articles about, you know, the last time this happened or remember when this happened. Uh, so before we get into Rams Bengals, which we'll actually touch on that in the second segment, I'm going to do a little our own personal favorites and least favorites Super Bowl moments. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the the caveat for both of us is we're going to rule out our team. So I'm a Pittsburgh guy. I love San Francisco as well. So I can't include Pittsburgh and San Francisco in either one of these. Uh, and for Chris, he's a huge Colts fan, as you know. He can't include Indianapolis in his most favorite, least favorite. Like, that's too easy. We know his most favorite would be, you know, uh, beating the Bears, Peyton's first Super Bowl. His Fair. least favorite would be losing to the Saints. Like, we already know how <laughs> that goes. So to make it interesting, we're going to do most favorite, least favorite. We each get two takes. And it has to be any other team away from our favorite franchises. So, Chris, man, to start us off, who's your most favorite? We get two takes, so you got two games to talk about. Mm-hmm. Who's your first that right. you want to share? My, my first one that comes to mind, and uh, it probably isn't a surprise based on my Colts fandom, but a Super Bowl Forty Two, the Giants taking out the undefeated Patriots. Mm. You know, the Patriots were that steamroll and everybody that year. But then the legendary, the, the Manning avoids the pressure, throws it out. The David Tyree helmet catch. That's one of the earlier memory, memories I can remember because I was relatively young. But I remember being very ecstatic as a Colts fan watching that. And even if you're not a Colts fan, Patriots, Giants fan, I mean, that was just an exciting game. I mean, the Giants weren't supposed to win that, right? So, I mean, that, that that's it for me. I have very fond memories of that game. It's an incredible game. Incredible highlight. Yeah, that, that's it for me, man. What do you, I guess, do you remember when mm. we're watching that, that feeling, watching Eli, you know, spin through everybody? Through, I mean, you don't forget that. You just, man, uh, I remember that very well. And, you know, like that was like, like you said, a shocker. I mean, the Patriots got a chance to finish undefeated, which would have actually been more impressive than the 72 Dolphins team because they're playing more yeah. games with New England. So, uh, yeah, man, I remember that game vividly. And like I said, nobody gave New York a chance, but, uh, you know, they did it. Eli, I remember him yeah. evading that sack and just kind of throwing it up to David Tyree. And I'm uh, Rodney Harrison, I still don't know how he didn't knock the ball down. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, I remember that game vividly. Super Bowl 42 where the Giants did the unthinkable and beat the Patriots, man. So I, I remember that game for sure. But what about you? What's your what, what came to mind for you, your top Super Bowl moment that isn't, you know, the San Antonio Holmes catch in the end zone? Oh, man, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm starting out with Seattle-Denver, Super Bowl 48, man. Uh, you know, never been a big Pete Carroll fan, never been a big Seahawks guy. But those who know me, I love Russell Wilson. And so, you know, seeing him get his first Super Bowl ring and the way that defense dominated that Denver team, I mean, 
that was impressive. I believe the score was forty three to eight. I mean, that's insane. Nobody nobody could have expected that, man. And so, like I said, Russell Wilson, that's my guy. Seeing him get his first championship and uh, you know, I was super proud for him. So that's that's definitely one of my favorite moments. I can't say it was one of my favorites. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't pulling from my boy Manning, but uh, <laughs> yeah, that was just man, that was just one of those rough games for Denver, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, like I said, I remember being at work and not I didn't get a chance to see the game in its entirety, but when I turned to it and saw what was going on, I was I was blown away. So uh but like I said, I was proud for my guy Russ that he got a chance to mm-hmm. take home that Lombardi trophy, man. So for you on your second most favorite, man, what game do you want to discuss? See, this one was tough because it was hard to, you know, there's so many good moments that came to mind. And this one might surprise you being a Colts fan, but I'm actually going to go with the, the Patriots uh, beating Seattle, beating Russell mm. Wilson, Super Bowl mm. 49, 28-24. And it all just comes down to that Malcolm Butler interception, man. Mm-hmm. Like, And the reason why that came to mind for you is I very vividly remember I worked that night. I get off work. I avoided the scores, you know, and I was working at Publix, obviously, trying to avoid the score. I stayed up until like 2 a.m. watching that game. Mm. I remember trying so hard not to wake up the rest of the house, freaking out. Yeah. <laughs> it was just so – I wasn't even, you know, a Patriots fan, obviously, but goodness gracious, man, I was so hyped watching that. And I just – I just how mem- how vivid that memory is, it, it can't help but come to mind. Then you got to be happy for Butler, you know, the undrafted guy out of you know, West Alabama. I mean, yeah. One makes one of the biggest plays ever. It's just a cool moment. Even as a Colts fan, seeing the Patriots win, I don't care. That was a cool moment. And yeah, that, that's it for me. That was a special, special game to watch and a special moment. Man, uh, I was torn on that one. Like, I was out for Seattle. As I mentioned, Russell Wilson's my guy. I was for them all the way and was, mm-hmm. you know, dumbfounded when. They were throwing the ball from the one instead of giving it to Marshawn Lynch. I mean, <laughs> yep. even even a fake handoff and QB keeper bootleg, like, that would have sold it. Andrew Luck was perfect for doing that, man. Like, Russell Wilson, that would have been a perfect play call knowing that Lynch is going to get the ball or expected to get the ball, and the entire world knows he's getting the ball. Uh, but to throw the ball and have it picked off, uh, the reason why I was a little bittersweet is you mentioned Malcolm Butler from West Alabama. My cousin, Dreston Williams, played at West Alabama with Malcolm Butler. So, man, just seeing him, how excited he was uh, when we were watching that game together and Butler. And he said all he said all week, he said, Malcolm's going to make a big play. Watch. He said, I'm telling you, Malcolm's going to show up big in this game. And so for him yeah, to stay there all week and then him to come through <laughs> with the game-saving game saving interception, man, that was that was a very special moment. So, uh, yeah, I was I was split in the middle. I was upset about the interception, but then seeing my cousin Dresden's excitement, man, it definitely uh, – I got excited. Some of those games, you just get caught up in regardless because it was so good anyway. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah. speaking of, I'm sure you got another good one. What's your second, your final favorite Super Bowl moment? Man, Super Bowl so win, whatever it might be. Yeah, sticking with the Patriots, man. Super Bowl 51 against Atlanta, the 28 to three deficit, man. I remember, you know, I'm, I'm making burgers like I'll do uh, for this Super Bowl as well. I'll make burgers, man. So I'm making burgers, and Atlanta gets off to this huge start, and I'm like, man, okay, it's looking good. But then to get off to the lead in the the deficit that they had new england i was like man this is insane what's going on and you know i'm not a patriots fan but i'm not a falcons fan either i'm not an atlanta fan like you know being in alabama people are atlanta fans by default the braves the falcons the hawks or if you're north alabama you're in tennessee titans and all this stuff and new orleans you know new orleans was big when i was at auburn a bunch of saints fans and stuff so i hate atlanta i hate the falcons man so the fact that 
they were down 28 to 3 the Patriots were and to see that comeback and see how everything was going in their favor and Wes Welker making this amazing well not Wes Welker Julian Edelman Edelman making this amazing yeah, catch Edelman. and uh, then seeing James White caps it off in overtime and I dude I, I was so thrilled like I was a Patriots fan that was one of the better uh, emotions that you know not having tied to this franchise I love mm-hmm. seeing that too. so Super Bowl 51 was very special just because the Falcons lost and especially in the manner that they did and again it wasn't one of my favorites but i Mm -hmm. i'm with you as far as it being very memorable and it was something that was one of those i don't care how much you hate brady or the patriots like it's hard not to just like you just kind of tip your cap right that was an incredible (laughs) performance to come back 28-3 i mean goodness gracious man i'm with you man that game is gonna Annals of history, right? That's never going to be forgotten. That was just a crazy, crazy game. Yeah, no, that's a good choice. I I can't really fault you for that one. So with your least favorite moments, who do you want to start with there, man? Uh, What do you think about when (laughs) Super Bowl and it's not a a good memory for you? I'm a, I'm a cheat. No, one to, to wrap it up a little bit, but I'm a cheat and kind of give you both. And he, and here's why. Your two favorite moments were my two least favorite moments. Mm-hmm, and I kid mm-hmm. you not, we couldn't have planned it. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, my, friend, my first one, I said, can I just, you know, can I just say all of Super Bowl 48? I hated that as a Colts fan rooting for Manning, you know, pulling from my boy. And it started off early, the snap going over Manning's head. And it was just like, it just seemed like it was just a just an omen of things to come. You know, it just was not their day. It just was not meant to be. And on top of that, you know, I was, like I said, rooting for my boy. I was very upset. But uh, the other one was the the Falcons game, mm-hmm. man, uh, the 28-3. And actually the moment, and this was just being petty, but the, the reason, or my least favorite thing was the Julian Edelman catch. And the reason why is because it kind of overshadowed the Julio catch that happened the drive before, which is still, like, I'll argue with anyone. I think it was arguably the greatest catch I've ever seen in my life. That Julio catch <laughs> on the sideline over yeah. Eric Rowe. Yeah. It has been like forgotten and no one ever talks about it because they didn't win because of the, you know, the Edelman catch, but that catch, holy smokes, mm. man. It wasn't like a luck catch, a tip ball. It was just Julio doing something that probably only Julio could do. And then obviously afterwards they get the, the tape, the big sack and knocked out of field goal range and the rest is history. But yeah, that, that Edelman catch bugs me because I want people to talk about Julio, man. <laughs> how incredible that catch was, and but it is what it is. I, I like you said, I can't really say it wasn't a good game, but yeah, those are my two least favorites. Your two favorites outside of Steelers were my two least favorites, so I just had to you know get that out. <laughs> man, dude, like you said, there's no way we could have planned this. We don't discuss these things prior to, uh, and so. It's funny, one of your most favorite was the New York, New England Super Bowl 42. And that's why I couldn't elaborate much on that game because that's one of my least favorite, man. I was for the <laughs> Patriots. I, and, and like I said, it's usually, you know, I hate New England. I want them to lose, whatever. But once they got to that point where they got a chance to make history and Randy Moss is on that team and, you know, mm-hmm. seeing what he and Tom Brady did together. I wanted, you know, them uh, Randy Moss to get a ring, and so, and I can't stand New York. I don't like any New York team. I don't like any Los mm-hmm. Angeles team. Like I'm, you know, so the Giants are, and, and the Giants have like, the worst uniforms in the league. Like they're so bland, and, and so I can't stand the Giants. And so, uh, yeah, man, Super Bowl Forty Two is my least favorite because 
And I don't want Eli Manning, man. I, oh, my gosh. I can't Come stand on, Eli, man. He's such a punk. He's a baby forcing his way out of San, San, San Diego before he even starts his career. And now we got to – and just when I thought Eli and Peyton were done, now we got to worry about Arch Manning. Got another Manning coming through, man. So, yes, sir. Uh, so Super Bowl 42, I can't stand it because Eli got that Super Bowl. When, uh, man, anyways. I go on and on about that. So that's my first least favorite, New or- New York over New England, Super Bowl 42. My other one uh, happened last year, man, Tampa Bay and Kansas City. That that should have been an excellent game, um, yep. you know, Super Bowl 55. And, you know, a lot, I know a lot of people aren't believers in this, but, man, look, I know there's politics that's involved in sports, man. And so, you know, some call it a conspiracy and stuff like that. But I told, I told, I may have told you off air, but I know I told my cousin Darius, my cousin Jeremy, I'm sitting there watching the game with them before the game started. Before it started, I'm telling them, like, okay, for Kansas City to win, they have to not only beat Tampa Bay, but they got to beat the refs, too. Like, they know it's, this is Tom Brady's last shot, probably. They're going to do things to try to keep it in his favor for him to bring home another Lombardi trophy. And that first half was abysmal. And it wasn't abysmal because of the play of either team, but it was the officiating. And I know we talked about this before. And I know, uh, and like I said, I've, I've witnessed enough sports, whether it's professional, college, or high school, to know, like, man, these officials, they'll, they'll, they, they root for people too, man. And so I hated last year's Super Bowl. It was a joke. I mean, this could have been one of the better Super Bowls, and I know how bad the offensive line was for Kansas City, but man, they they never had a shot. They never had a shot because they weren't given a chance. So, yeah, last year's Super Bowl was uh, one of my least favorite of all time for sure. I'll say no comment on the rest. I know you. Yeah, I know you. Hard to disagree with. Uh, I mean, again, as a Colts fan, I did not love seeing Brady uh-huh. just cruise to another easy range. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, exactly. not easy. they earned it, you know. But I mean, they just whoop kansas city that day and, and yeah like i mean you you said enough but yeah no nah, i'm i'm with you at least your two least favorites didn't match my two favorites so we weren't totally mm-hmm. but, uh, <laughs> yeah man but yeah. Those, that's the past man now we gotta look to the future right looking to the future uh you heard me and chris share our most favorite least favorite in super bowl history here in this next segment we're going to talk about the actual game itself the Rams and the Bengals, Super Bowl 56. So stay tuned. You're listening to The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley. Pinch a Penny Pool, Patio, and Spa is the introduction sponsor for The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley. More than just a full-service pool and supply company, they offer backyard entertainment options like big green eggs, clear light infrared saunas, and patio furniture. Locally owned and operated by Jason and Amy Sharp. Pinch a Penny Pool, Patio, and Spa, 1435 Westgate Parkway in Dothan, our phone, 334-671-POOL. Care Animal Center is a local business partner of The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley. Their goal has always been to assemble a team that is dedicated to providing quality veterinary services for their clients' pets. Care Animal Center offers surgical, dental, medical, and pet wellness programs for that furry member of the family. Their website is careanimal.net. Care Animal Center, 3454 West Main Street in Dothan. 334-794-6333. Many of us spend more time thinking about what's for dinner than thinking about retirement. But if you think your retirement deserves more attention, I can help. I'm Edward Jones Financial Advisor, Greg Wakefield. Stop by our office at 5630 West Main Street in Dothan. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Member SIPC. 
Ridgecrest Baptist Church proudly supports all local athletics. At Ridgecrest, we have many opportunities for all ages, including children, middle school, high school, and college students. I'm Chase Fault, the student pastor, and I want to invite you to see how your family might fit in at Ridgecrest. Learn more on our website at rbcdothan.org. Welcome back to The Sweet Spot, sponsored by Pinch a Penny Pool Patio Spa. I'm your host, Corey Bradley, joined by my guy, Chris Liuzzi, as we do a quick segment rapid fire between the Rams and the Bengals. We'll go through positions for both teams, and we'll say which unit we'd rather have. So, Chris, starting off with you, man, the QBs. Burrow, Stafford, who you want, man? Who you like more? I mean, I, I think you can know. Like I said, this is a guy I was high on to begin with, mm-hmm. but I'm, Joey B, man, I'm riding with Joey B. That dude just... They seem to have something, you know, he seems to have something about him. You know, yeah. he's just, he's easy to believe in. He makes you a believer. He makes you want to pull for him. I love Stafford. I mean, that's so cool to see the success he's having. But I'm going with Joey B. If I could have one of the two, I mean, not even looking to the future, just for one game, I'm taking Joe Burrow. The way he's playing right now, it, it's Joey B. What, what about you? Yeah, yeah, it's Joey B, hands down, man. You, Some of you guys that listened to our show a few weeks ago heard us do our ranking of QBs. At the time, it was eight. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Burrow was very high on both of our lists, uh, higher than Stafford. So, yeah, Joey B, mm-hmm. for me, for sure. What about running backs, man? Who you got to run about? Running backs, actually, so if, if you're looking at, like, Mixon versus Akers versus Michelle, I think it's closer. But I still think I'm going to uh, take Mixon. I think Mixon's a stud mm-hmm. running back. I, obviously, the attention goes to that pass game, as it should with those receivers. But Mixon's a stud, man. That dude's, that dude's good. And I like Cam Akers, too. Come on, he looked incredible coming back from injury as early as he did. But... I'm still going to go Mixon here. I'm, I'm taking Joe Mixon over that running back committee of the Rams, but it, it's close for me. What, what do you think? Yep, I'm going Mixon, man. Like you said, he's a stud. Uh, you know, he was healthy this year, and he's proven what he can do when he is healthy, man. So, yeah, definitely. take. I mean, like you said, Aker's solid, Michelle's solid, but Mixon, Mixon has star potential, so I'm going Joe Mixon for sure. Now, mm-hmm. at the receiver position, man, what are you thinking there? I think this is a lot closer than people may think, but uh, what are you thinking of receivers? See, if I, I like you said, I do think it's close, and I'm not sure if we're grouping tight ends in this or not. No, but even no, if we're just receivers. looking yeah, so, just, receivers. just receivers. So we're looking at just receivers. I, I, I'm going to give a slight, 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 slight edge mm. to Cincinnati. Mm. And uh, I just – obviously, Jamar Chase and Burrow, the, the chemistry that they have. and But, I mean, I think Higgins – I know he got credit for that. You know, he's they mentioned being one of the guys who got a thousand yards under twenty five, which yeah. which is true. But like, I think he's still kind of underrated. Like Higgins yeah. is a baller, man. Like Higgins is really good, and Tyler mm-hmm. Boyd in the slots no slouch either. Like that's a really, really good trio of guys. Not that the trio of the Rams aren't any better, but it, like if I'm comparing Boyd versus Jefferson, for example, like I'm gonna lean Boyd a little bit. I like Van Jefferson, but I'm gonna yeah. lean Boyd there, and so it's it's giving the edge of Cincy just a little bit for me. Yeah, me too, man. I'm going Cincy. Uh, I was wondering. I, I was like, man, he like you said with a slight, 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 slight edge. I wasn't sure where <laughs> you're going, but uh, I thought you were going to say Rams. But no, I'm with you, man, dude. Chase and Higgins and Tyler Boyd. Like Tyler was actually Burrow's guy last season, and so he's mm-hmm. kind of been the forgotten man the way Chase is taking off in his rookie year. But yeah, like I said, Odell, Odell had a great catch, but he's always been a good receiver. He's not a great receiver. He was greater for the catch. Van Jefferson solid, and we know how great is uh, Greg Cooper is. But yeah, I'm going Cincy as well in receivers, man. Now tight end, uh, this could be. I mean, we we'll skip over this because it's a little wash. I mean, Tyler Higby's not playing. Uh, CJ yeah, yeah. Zoma is is playing, but we don't know how 
active he'll actually be. So we'll skip over tight ends because we don't know. It's, it's not a fair fight. We don't yeah. know what to expect. But uh, at O line, man, I, I think I mean this is this will be easy yeah. for both. But O line, this, this is where the big one comes in. Yeah, I mean it's no, it's the Rams. So yeah. if you're taking the Bengals, I don't know what you're doing. Yeah. I mean, you could say Jonah Williams if you're looking for the future. He's a lot younger than Whitworth, I guess. But <laughs> that's about the only stretch I can lean Cincy for, I guess. But no, it's it's the Rams. It's not even close. We we all know how bad that Bengals O line has been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's Rams all day at O line, D line, man. I think it's more the same, right? What you got? Uh, yeah, and I'm with, and with that said, the Bengals D line is solid, mm-hmm. but the Rams defensive line is just. I mean, good lord, man. Aaron Donald, arguably one of the best players to ever do it. Not just now. I, I mean, that dude's just something else. But Von Miller's been really good for them. Leonard Floyd. I mean, that defensive line is. Yeah, no, they're really good, and I, and I like Hendrickson for the Bengals. I even like Hubbard, like, mm-hmm. but that's just—I mean, that Rams defensive line. I mean, you can—that's a pro ball defensive line, <laughs> right so, there. So yeah, yeah, I'm leaning Rams here. Hands down, hands down, it's a Rams linebacker. Are you seeing more of the same? Are we are we leaning more Rams again? I almost think it's like a it's like a wash, but mm-hmm. since with the Rams with their three four, if you're yeah. going to count the edges of linebackers anyway, yeah, I'm going to lean the Rams just a little bit too. All right, so it was three for Cincinnati, and then now it's three straight for the Rams. So we're at three, three. Secondary man, who do you got? Is I mean, it, these are both solid groups. I, yeah, and I'm actually I'm going to lean Cincy here mm-hmm. uh, as a whole. If we're looking at secondary as a whole, I, I like obviously the Rams have who I think is the best corner in the league, Jalen Ramsey. I've been very, I've said that for the past few years, and I, I mean, I don't think that's going against the grain by <laughs> any means. But uh, Ramsey, I mean, I do. A stud, but if we're looking at it as a whole, man, this Bengals secondary is solid. Wouzier has been good. Apple's been good. Obviously, had a big play against you know Tyree Kill to help keep him out of the goal line. I mean, their safeties, Bates and Bell, mm-hmm. then Hilton and the slime. I mean, that's that's a good secondary group, man. They've been playing really well of late. I mean, I like Ramsey. Raps all right for the, for the Rams, but I, I'm going sensey here if we're looking at it as a whole secondary group. Yeah, me too, man. I'm going Cincy. Um, like you said, you named them, you know, Bates, Bell, Woozier, Apple. I mean, my boy Mike Hilton, man. Mike Hilton yep. is one of the best boy. slot corners with Kenny Moore, man, as your guy in Indy. Like, mm-hmm. dude, that was such a huge pickup for them, man. And so, uh, yeah, Cincinnati all day, man. Like you said, Ramsey's great for sure, but as a unit, man, this Cincy secondary is no, no slouch at all. So it comes down to kickers and punters, man. It comes down to special teams. Is it the Bengals with McPherson and Huber, or is it the Rams with Matt Gay and Johnny Hecker? Who you got? There's another one I think you could almost flip a coin. Mm -hmm. Even the stats suggest the Bengals are fourth, Rams are fifth. I mean, it's about as close as you can get. And I I, I guess I'd go Bengals just, just, just Mm -hmm. slightly, just because I really – I mean, McPherson's just been ice cold this playoff run. I mean, dude, I mean, yeah. I think he's close to breaking the record, I think, for most made kicks without missing the playoffs soon. I'd have to double-check that, but he's just been lights out, especially as a rookie. Man, it's just impressive. But, I mean, I, I think you'd be happy with But This isn't a case of Green Bay, right? Like, both special teams coming in this are, are really good. What do you think? Yeah, man, I'm with you on that, man. Um, it's it's sensey. You give the edge to them. Uh, so, when you look at it, you know, I did calculations. You know, we had eight positions to talk about. We both went five. It's funny we both went, agreed on each one too. Like so, it's five Cincy, three LA. Hey, the position right here in this rapid fire, man, is yes. leaning Cincinnati. So those who aren't giving the Bengals much of a chance, man, when we did our rapid fire positional breakdown, man, we're leaning mm-hmm. towards Cincy, dude. 
Yeah, and what's what's interesting and the reason why I guess people would probably be surprised to hear that is the overall stats don't support that for the most part. But when you break down, the, it's I guess the Rams just have all the stars, right? Mm-hmm. Their depth's a little bit different, whereas the Bang is a little bit more consistently solid. Like they got a higher floor everywhere. At least this is how I see it. But they may they don't have the stars at every position like the Rams seem to have. Is it? You think that makes sense? That yeah, fair? man. My guy Levi Kershaw. I talked to him the other day, man. Huge Bills fan. He said the same exact thing. He was like, the Rams have the stars, but they don't. But the Bengals have a lot more uh, solid players. You know what I'm saying? Like you yeah. said, the depth there. The Bengals are just solid overall. It's really obvious in the yeah. secondary. That's yeah. like the biggest comparison where you can see that. Yeah, like you like. said, the Rams got Donald. They got Cup. They got Ramsey. They got Von Miller. Like they got the stars. That's my guy Levi said. But the, the, as far as the solid overall group, Cincinnati is just very good and well rounded. They just don't have that household name. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of these guys mm-hmm. may not have been heard of from the from the casual NFL fan. But uh, the Bengals got some ballers too. All right, man. So we did a positional breakdown, but for the teams all together, give me your keys to the game, starting out with the Los Angeles Rams. All right. If I'm the Rams, you know, my, my three keys, first key, uh, don't beat yourself. You know, we saw Cam Akers and, and the fumble problem they had against Tampa. You know, it kind of – they ended up winning, but, you know, Tampa managed to claw their way back into it. They're the better team, I think. Like, statistically, most stats support. They got all the stars. They're playing at home, like – they should win in theory, right? But the game isn't played on paper. You got to get out there in the field. Don't beat yourself. Number mm-hmm. two, uh, they're going to get pressure. We know that, but they have to actually get Burrow down. That was where the Chiefs struggled. They were getting after Burrow, but he, how many times did we see him evade a, a rusher, make a play with his legs, or make a you know throw on the run? They have to actually get Burrow down because I mean, if you're, if you're getting pressure and then Chase and those guys are kind of starting to run free, I mean, Burrow's going to find him. You got to get him down. Don't let him sit. You know, keep making plays and wear mm-hmm. out your defensive line. You got to manage to get that guy down. And then number three, it kind of goes hand in hand with that number one, but play a full 60 minutes, man. We, the Bengals have been really strong in the second half. We've seen them come on late. They did against Kansas City. They, they've had a, a tendency to do that, but the Rams have been the opposite. You know, I mentioned the, the Buccaneers game. Uh, they had their second game against San Francisco, 17-3 at the halftime, ended up losing. You know, they had a big lead. They were up 20-17 to against Green Bay, ended up getting pretty tore up in that second yeah. half. Green yeah. Bay put it on them. Like, we've seen them kind of falter in the second half. And, I mean, like I said, I think they're the better team overall. And if you're the better team, you need to, like, put it on them, man. Like, you need to play a full 60 minutes. Don't let the Bengals claw their way back into it. I mean, yeah, keep keep your pedal to the middle, I guess, as the coaches would say. But yeah, that that's my three keys, man, for the for the Rams to get this done. But actually, you know, doing it on the field's a whole nother thing. We'll see. But what about you? Do you disagree? Agree? What what do you got? What's the Rams? What do the Rams have to do to win this one? Man, I like that last one you said, playing a full sixty, because man, the Bengals are good. You give any team any team hope going into that fourth quarter, man. Yeah, any team hope going into that fourth quarter, it's a ball game, man. So. Uh, you know, that's where upsets happen, man. So, but for me, man, the keys, the first one I got to talk about, I call it run or hide. And so when I'm talking about that, I'm looking at Michelle and Akers, like they need to be able to have some, uh, you know, some success running the game, running the ball in this game, I should say, because this is not a game where they, you know, they don't have the run in their offense and Stafford has to throw I mean, I know they can get creative, but, man, I think you got to help a guy like that out and be effective in the run game. And if they don't run effectively, like I said, they better hide because it could be a long day for Stafford <laughs> if uh, if he has no help on the ground. Number two, man, 
Jefferson needs to be fantastic. Jefferson fantastic. needs to be fantastic. Man, so, uh, you know, Van Jefferson, excellent player. You know, we both like him out of Florida. And we know what Cooper has done. We know what OBJ can yeah. do. But Jefferson needs to be fantastic, man. He has to make plays. I think if Especially with Higby down. If Higby down, if there's going to be an unsung hero on the offensive side of the ball, it needs to be Van Jefferson. So he needs to come through and make big plays for the Rams offense. And number three is don't try to be a savior. And that's specifically for Matt Stafford. Like, you know, it's his first year with L.A. We, we knew he was – deemed as a savior in Detroit you know anytime a QB is taken number one that's what's bestowed upon them and here he is first year LA Super Bowl dude just play your game just play your game and it's going to be hard for Matt to do because there's a lot more pressure on him he's 34 there's a lot more pressure on him Mm -hmm. to get this done that Rams team Rams team (laughs) exactly you're right like they we we did the all-in episode where they traded all these players for all these picks for players they're supposed to be here man they're supposed to be here everybody expected this they weren't supposed to be there them Bengals (laughs) exactly man so don't be a savior Matt Stafford just play your game take what's there uh so that's that's my keys for the Rams man for Cincinnati, man. For Cincinnati, give me your keys there. What do they need to do to come away with a Super Bowl? Cincinnati, uh, you'll see some uh, similarities. My, my first key, keep Burrow upright. Uh, their offensive line is, is not going to be able to, to have their way with that Rams. Their D-line, they're just not. I mean, they're just they're not good enough. They haven't been good enough all year. It is what it is. But you still got to try your best to keep them upright. Quick plays, whether it's screens or you know hitch, little hitch routes or slant, like getting Mixon involved. You got to – you got to get the ball out. Don't let him take a beating back there like he did against Tennessee. Like, you got to do your best to try and keep him upright. Number two, get Jamar Chase the ball. Mm-hmm. And obviously, that's what they're going to want to do. But the reason I say that is, you know, the Rams have a guy by the name of Jalen Ramsey. He hasn't shadowed a lot this year. But if there is a game I could see him reasonably shadowing somebody, it could be this one. Like, he has the length and the speed to kind of handle Chase in theory. He better, like, man. He better be. If, he better yeah, shadow him. That's even, what he paid But even if that – even if that happens, you got to find a way to get him the ball. Like you cannot let Ramsey just ruin. He's too good and too big a part of their offense. I think. Like you got to find a way to get him the ball, just, just like the Rams do with Cup. Like they they figure out a way to get him the ball, even though every defense in the league knows that they're trying to get him the ball. They still find a way to do it, right? Yeah. Like you got to find a way to get Chase the ball, get him involved. And number three, and you kind of touched on this a little bit. You got to get the Stafford. We've seen Stafford can be rattled, mm-hmm. and he he can make some errant throws, get a little bit flustered. They got to get try and get after him. And containing the run is going to let them do that. If they can just pin their ears back and get to, you know, get to Stafford. And then along with that, my X factor for this defense is your guy Mike Hilton. Yeah, he's going to see a lot of Cooper Cup this game. And Hilton has been a baller yeah. this season, this this postseason. I think if they can get some pressure on Stafford, who's Stafford going to look to? His mm-hmm. security blankets Cup. But if, if Hilton's playing good, if he he's he needs to, it's going to be tough with the way Cup and Stafford have you know their chemistry this year, but. Hilton's been is the guy I think that can do it. He's been a stud this year, man. Yep. And he's gonna have to be a stud for one more game. And I think he's gonna he he's my X factor for that Cincy defense. Yep. But yeah, my my third key, get pressure on Stafford, make him throw it, then Hilton's gotta be like I think if Hilton gets a pick or something, that, that could that's like a game winning play, I think to me. Like I yep. can reasonably see that. Hilton's yep. gonna have to be a baller. It's a big responsibility and it's tough to do against Cup and that offense. But yeah, that those are my three keys. You know, Hilton's gonna have to have a big game and they're gonna have to get after Stafford. But uh but do you disagree? Do you agree? What are the Bengals, the, the team that wasn't supposed to be here, right? What do they have to do to get this done, to complete this you know, storybook ending that they've been on, the storybook journey? What do they got to do? Yeah, man. So starting out with me, 
I look at Cincinnati, and they got to win the first and third quarters. And, you know, third quarter is the most important quarter in all sports because if you're down, you can get back in it. If you're up, you can put a team away for good. But I include the first quarter in this because I heard a a, a soundbite where a coach talked about how you can't win the game in the first half, but you can lose it in the first half. And so if you get your too big of a hole, it's hard to come back. Uh, you know, that's where you see a lot of, you know, Comeback. You mentioned that Denver-Seattle game, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, seriously, man. And even even aside from that, when there's comeback attempts, you see a team gets back in it, and then they don't have enough to finish it off. So, uh, yeah, win the first and third quarters. That's what Cincinnati has to do. You know, this is basically a home game for L.A., so they need to come out fast. And then in the second half, they need to come out even faster. And if they're up, they can push the pedal to the metal, take the lead for good. And if they're down, they can get back in it. So, that's the first key. Number two, man, have you ever heard of a singing group called ABBA? I have not. Yeah, I, I, I know. Maybe like I'm, I'm, I'm an '80s baby, so you know, I know. Uh, and I don't know, I don't know much about this group, but I do know that their most popular hit was "Dancing Queen," and so okay, I know that. One. You know that song, right? <laughs> yeah. Cincinnati is known as the Queen City, and so okay. when I look at ABBA, I look at the secondary. Awuzie, Bates, Bell, and Apple. Abba. Awuzie, Bates, Bell, and Apple. This secondary, <laughs> man, this secondary, we've talked about them. They got to come through. They got to make big plays. They can't give up huge plays throughout the game, which I think they're ready for this challenge. This, this Bates and Bell combo in the secondary, man, you talked about Mike Hilton. Dude, I'm telling you, this is going to be the key. Like you said, the X factor is Mike Hilton. This is going to be the key for the Bengals to come away with the Super Bowl. Number three, we both talked about how it's very possible that they can beat the Rams. I think there's no question that people believe they can beat mm-hmm. the Rams. But, man, I'm going back to what I talked about with Tampa Bay, Kansas City. Can they beat the refs also? And why do I say that? Because last year, like I said, Tom Brady, no, he's winding up his career. I believe he had a little extra help, even though the, the, the Buccaneers probably better. But they, he had a little extra help, especially in that first half where the Chiefs had no chance in the second. But what media pundits love is that fairy tale ending. And they've been, you know, there's a lot of people hoping for Stafford to win because of his time in Detroit. And he's 34. How many more opportunities will he get? Joe Burrow, this is his second year. He'll have several, many, you know, opportunities to win a ring. But. If Stafford doesn't get it this year, he may not ever get back to the game. We don't know. So that's my third and final key for the Bengals is they got to not only beat the Rams, but if this close, if it's a close game, they're going to have to beat the refs too, and I'm not sure they'll be able to do that. I mean, obviously we hope it doesn't come down to that, right? We're hoping, mm-hmm. hoping it'll be a good game. But, yeah, no, it's hard to disagree with your keys, and I'm with you on that, on the ABBA, man, that secondary. Mm-hmm. No, they're, they're going to be important in this game. I'm with you there. I, I, I think you're hit the nail on the head. They're going to have to – play their best game of the season against them, especially with the way that offense has been rolling for the Rams and Cup. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. No, I'm with you. Ava, I, I like that. like that? So, man. Yeah, I like it. You, you've heard <laughs> our keys for both teams, what it takes for them to win. When we come back from our break to hear from our local sponsors, Chris and I will actually give our score prediction who will win this year's Super Bowl and also our projected MVPs as well. Many of us spend more time thinking about what's for dinner than thinking about retirement. But if you think your retirement deserves more attention, I can help. I'm Edward Jones Financial Advisor, Greg Wakefield. Stop by our office at 5630 West Main Street in Dothan. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Member SIPC. 
Care Animal Center is a local business partner of The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley. Their goal has always been to assemble a team that is dedicated to providing quality veterinary services for their clients' pets. Care Animal Center offers surgical, dental, medical, and pet wellness programs for that furry member of the family. Their website is careanimal.net. Care Animal Center, 3454 West Main Street in Dothan, 334-794-6333. Pinch a Penny Pool, Patio, and Spa is the introduction sponsor for The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley. More than just a full-service pool and supply company, they offer backyard entertainment options like Big Green Eggs, clear light infrared saunas, and patio furniture. Locally owned and operated by Jason and Amy Sharp. Pinch a Penny Pool Patio and Spa, 1435 Westgate Parkway in Dothan, or phone 334-671-POOL. Welcome back to The Sweet Spot, sponsored by Pinch a Penny Pool Patio Spa. It's time for our predictions. Who will win Super Bowl 56? Chris, who do you got, man? All right. Well, it comes down to it. My, my eyes say the Rams. My brain mm-hmm. says the Rams. You know, I think the Rams, just like Kansas City was, just like Tennessee was, I, I think they're the better team overall. They're a prettier team. They got all the stars. You know, they're in L.A. They're basically playing a home game. I mean, Stafford, he's been around forever. They got the better, you know, front seven. All that said, I'm going with the Bengals. Man. Oh. I'm going with Joey B. I'm going with the Bengals. I am drinking the Kool-Aid. I think, I, I, I mean, I think the Bengals can get this done. I really do. They weren't supposed to be there. I mean, they were projected six wins, man. Mm. They were projected to be a six-win team mm-hmm, this year. Mm-hmm. They're in the Super Bowl, man. And I, like I said, I, I said it earlier when I mentioned Burrow, like he just makes you believe, man. And yeah. I'm believing. I, I think the Bengals get to do, get this done. I'm going with a 27-20 win. And, and my main reason behind it is there's no pressure if you're Cincy, man. Like I said, you're not supposed to be there. Yeah. Who's got all the pressure? It's the Rams. They're playing at home. They got all. They put all the chips in. The Bengals have the third most cap space going into the next <laughs> season, man. Like they're like supposed to be a rebuilding team. Like, there's there shouldn't be obviously there's pressure because it's the Super Bowl, but man, they're not playing like it. They're playing like they're the baddest team in the league and I, i'm with them man i'm believing mm-hmm. i'm going with the, with the Bengals, and of course just to complete because it'd just be a good story book ending the Bengals win it joe burrow wins mvp he wraps it up all nicely heisman winner national championship super bowl mvp let's just, let's just i'm all in man i'm going with cincy like i said maybe maybe it's just my heart maybe it's just me pulling for him real bad but I, i'm i'm rolling with him Bengals over the rams i'm calling it 27 20 Bengals over the Rams, dude. So I'll, I'll start, man. Um, before I give my take, I did an IG did poll. Man, <laughs> I've, I've gone back and forth all week. I really have. Um, and, you know, I did an Instagram poll, and I asked people who they got. Bengals, Rams. 60% mm-hmm. said Bengals. 60%. I'm shocked, <laughs> 60 actually. And so, you know, I was shocked myself. And so I followed that poll right after it saying, who would you rather – who do you hope to win, Burrow or Stafford? Mm-hmm. 71% said Burrow. So, there, man, like you said, Joey B has the his way about team, him, man. man. He, he's that guy, dude. He's he's Joe Shiesty, as they call him, Joe Cool. Yeah. And, you know, I picked against Cincinnati, against Tennessee. I picked Tennessee. I picked, picked Kansas City. And, like you said, how can you go against Burrow, man? I mean, it's hard. And that kind of factored into my decision. Where I'm going Cincinnati too, man. I got Cincinnati winning this wow. game okay. just because it's Joe Burrow, man. Like I've had enough of not not saying I didn't believe they could get it done in those two previous games, playoff matchups, but I didn't have them winning 
and it's like Burrow got you again. Mm-hmm. Burrow got you again. Yeah. And we saw what he did at LSU. Like this dude is for real. Like it's impressive. He shows man. up for these big games, man. Dude, he he's that guy. He's the reason. He is the main reason they are here in this position. Is because he's good and he believes. And because he believes, the rest of the team believes. Like they say, some guys have that it factor, and he is the definition of it. So I got the Bengals winning thirty-one to seventeen, and with the projected okay. MVP, and you know the Bengals win is going to be Burrow. What that's that's kind of yeah. by default they give to yeah. the QBs. But I'm gonna be different. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna be different. The defense is going to have the MVP winner. It's going to be Mike Hilton, man. I got Mike Hilton. Yep. Like you said, he could have X-factor. that that X factor. He could have that pick six that seals it, or a fumble recovery, or something. Yep. Like he mentioned, like this is basically the best against the best in that slot position. Mm-hmm. Cooper Cup against Mike Hilton. That's going to be the show, man. That's going to be the the matchup. Like I know we're talking about Ramsey and Chase, but Ramsey doesn't follow receivers like that man he'll they'll they'll okay so he'll line up on one side and then what they'll do if chase is lined up uh across from ramsey they'll move him in motion because they know ramsey's not going to follow him i saw the packers do that same thing with adams they would just motion him away from ramsey so um the matchup is to watch is going to be cooper cup mike hilton man so you're right now right now i'll say this if mike hilton doesn't win it i still got the second final is coming from the defense jesse bates it's going to be mike hilton or -hmm. jesse bates if it's that kind of game, if Burrow can't get it because it just doesn't match up st- you know, statistically, I'm going Hilton the Bates, man. So I'm so sh- I'm shocked you went Bengals. I wasn't sure, man. Like I said, uh, I think most people are rooting for Burrow. They're rooting for the Bengals, but you know, like I said, their 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 mind wants to say Rams, but the heart is like, <laughs> man, I gotta go with Joey yep. B. So I'm rolling with Joey B, dude. Let me ask you one thing before we wrap it up. You know, last year I was kicking myself because on paper, you know, especially. We, uh, the front offensive and defensive line. It was the Bucks over the Chiefs all day, right? Mm-hmm. Is this is this not the same thing? Are we not just giving that defensive line enough credit? Like, are we worried? Are you worried that they could just wreck the game just like Tampa did last year? Or you think Bengals still get it done anyway? Man, Joey B, he's so good pre-snap. He knows where he wants to go with the ball. He has no problem checking it down mm-hmm. and getting it out quickly. Like I said, Jamar Chase might not have a big game at all. It could be T. Higgins. It could be Tyler Boyd. Like. He's going to get it to the open man. two catches. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> two touchdowns or something. You never know. Exactly, man. So I don't, I'm not factoring that defense because that nine-sack okay. game, I feel, was an anomaly. Like, that, there's no way Tennessee should lose that game. But the, the Rams would not have nine sacks. They probably won't even have four sacks. Like, I think Joey B is going to be on fire, man. I think he's going to know what to do and All right. know where to go, man. So, uh I'm glad you're on the train with me, man. I'm on the train. We'll be on the same side. Let's go. I know, man. Let's, let's go, Bengals. Let's do this, baby. Like the Bengals. I got the Bengals 31-17. What you say, 27-20? And I got 27-20 Cincinnati Bengals. So sure. we'll see, man. We'll see if the Bengals, as I mentioned, that dancing queen Abba, man, if they'll be indeed dancing in the Queen City of Cincinnati. Mayor Aftab Perval is already declared monday the day after he did yep. this when they beat the, when they beat the chiefs he said this is gonna mm-hmm. be a celebration day i'm like hold on i don't like that like let's slow your roll let's slow your roll but he's already deemed monday as a celebration day they've already announced schools Again, will be closed. joe burrow's got people believing yeah he's announced schools are closed man <laughs> think about that schools are already closed monday because they're expecting the parade so uh uh wow okay uh we'll see man we'll see Bengals rams let's go joey b let's get it done baby Joey B, man, Heisman winner, national championship, and after Sunday, Super Bowl MVP, Super Bowl winning guy. That's it, man. Joey Burrow and the Bengals. Let's go.
For more content, subscribe to Corey Bradley Sports. Once you search Corey Bradley Sports, you will see the Sweet Spot logo. And after you subscribe, you will receive notification anytime new content is uploaded. The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Google Podcasts as well. And always remember, there's nothing better than being in the Sweet Spot.